Welcome to Real Estate Hackers, where you'll hear how real estate investors grew something from nothing. Property management is going to become more tech. Our entire business today is based off of a hack. What if you could put $1,000 into an apartment building project on your phone? With YouTube, with podcasts, you can catch up very quickly to a seasoned investor. Now here's your real estate hacker host, Chad Gallagher. Today's episode is part of our Landlord Chronicle series, where we hear from amazing landlords about their most interesting landlording story along with a lesson to help you invest better. Uh, John C. Matthew in the house. Thanks for coming, buddy. You're welcome, Chad. Good cool. to be here. Uh, so John C. is a longtime friend, done a lot in real estate, uh, has some incredible stories. We've learned a lot from them. Uh, we, we actually own a property right next to some of your properties. I believe. Neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> that you're trying to still buy from us, I think. Let me know when you're ready. <laughs> um, cool, but uh, yeah, so you've been in real estate now 20 years? Maybe more. About 25. 25 yeah. years. Long time. Wow. You've seen a bunch of stuff, a bunch of cycles. Lots of cycles. <laughs> um, cool. Well, before we get into a couple stories, uh, what are your thoughts right now on where, I guess, real estate is overall? I mean, you've, you've lived through some interesting ups and downs. Uh, I'm sure 2008 was pretty wild. Uh, does it feel like 2008 all over again? Or You know what? I, I feel like no matter whether it was 2008, now people still need a place to live. I feel like the market is better. I don't think it's going anywhere. I'm not a forecaster, but you know, rents are good. Places are occupied. I feel like we're in a good place. So I don't want to leave the market anytime soon. Um, like to do more. Yeah. So. Cool. It doesn't feel like the world's ending anytime soon. I don't think I so. At least, at least not in uh, Pennsylvania, maybe in New York or San Francisco. So sure. I think we're insulated. Yeah. So, um, cool. So you have a couple, couple stories? Mm -hmm. Started reading um, Carlton Sheets. He had a cassette tape series on buying properties with no money down. Like, I got to do this. I got to, you know, figure out a better way to buy properties. And I still didn't have like a lot of 20 years ago, he was the guy, right? He was at Carlton Sheets. Who was at Carlton Sheets? There was somebody, uh, Legrand or something. Yeah, but uh, but yeah. those were the guys that were Probably doing right. the late night infomercials about, you know, getting rich overnight with no money down for poor people like me that didn't have a lot of cash. Um, so that there was some appeal to that, and I'm like, you know, I think I can do this. So I'm out there kind of, my realtor's sending me stuff all the time, you know, just other properties for sale, five units, four units, whatever. And so I come across a five unit, and I look at it, it's a little bit interesting, I don't do anything with it, eventually it's an expired listing. And I come back to that, and I thought, you know what, oh, I should say, it was a fire damage property. Hmm. So there's a little bit of, uh, like, like, like badly damaged. Like badly damaged. Like there were... was, yeah, two units where there was nothing. Studs, windows, and, and a roof, but nothing inside. It was totally gutted. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a renovation project. And I thought, you know what? I've got guys that I think can do that work. You know, let me see if I can do something with this. And it was expired, so I called the listing, or I called the seller directly. I said, hey, can I get into your properties? It's still for sale. I was like, yeah, I'll take you through it. So we looked at it. Three units were in great shape. There was parking for the building. Um, the third floor was gutted. It was a pretty simple, I shouldn't say simple renovation, but it was clear. You know, I needed drywall, electric, new kitchens, bathrooms. Um, and he had a coin-operated laundry in the basement. So there's like, you know, there's another street, stream of income. We talk about multiple streams of income. There's yeah. this laundry income in the basement. It's like, yeah, it's easy money. Just it's going to work. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, I can do this. So I put an offer together. There were two of us, I guess, bidding on the property. Uh, the other guy was a... Um, I guess a long-time investor, and he had an all-cash offer, apparently, and I actually knew that guy. 
And my offer, I thought, you know what, let me ask the seller if he will hold back $20,000 um, and I would just pay him you know, 8% or something. I think that was a going rate. And that would give me a little bit of money to work on the fix up and I could borrow some money later to do the renovations, but it would be a good way for him to, um, I don't know, why do people hold seller financing? Why do they do that? I don't know, for tax reasons? I don't know, but for whatever reason, he, he accepted it. He said, you know, I like the seller finance. I think, I think I mean, sometimes people don't need all that money. I think that was it. Right, so I mean, you know, if, if I can basically get a guaranteed six, seven percent on the money, yeah. then okay. He like, was happy with yeah. that. So we come to settlement, or, or we're doing the walkthrough just before settlement. He, come, he pulls up um, in his brand new Camaro. I was like, oh my gosh, he's already spent, he probably got insurance money. He probably bought this Camaro. That's fine. That's cool. So we would do a walk through the building. Nothing has changed. And I was like, oh, let's go to the basement and check the basement. You know, let's take a look there. Yeah. Here I find out the laundry machines are gone. I was like, and what did he, have? he had like, what, four machines down there? No, a couple of washers, a couple of dryers? No, or? it was just two machines. Okay. So it was only two machines. And I was like, Denny, what happened to the coin operated laundry that was in the MLS? We saw it when we, when we did the walkthrough. And he's like, oh, he didn't say anything about that. I was like, what did I have to say? I was like, I, I didn't know what to do. Didn't have a cell phone. Didn't really have a partner on the deal. Didn't have a realtor. It was just me and the seller. Yeah. So I didn't know what to do, uh, but go to settlement. So I went to settlement, and I'm just stewing in the car. Because closing is the same day. Closing is it's an hour away. Yeah, yeah. And I've got bank financing. And I was getting, oh, I didn't tell you. He was financing some of it. So I was actually getting cash back at closing. So it was a good deal, but it was just irritating. Like, so you, you had asked him for, I think you said like what, 15 or 20K towards so, the Sorry, land. he had given me 20,000 towards, towards the purchase yeah. to, that he was holding back. And I was getting financing for, I don't know, 80%. Yeah. So I was getting a cash, I was getting a check at settlement for about $8,000. Which is amazing. Which to me was the biggest check I'd ever seen at that point in my life. Right. So I was excited about that, but still just annoyed. Yeah. I was like, you know what, I'm just going to let him keep the property, let him deal with it. Right. Put it on the market again. See right, right. It's like, no, just go through with it. You know, don't all come this far. Yeah. Just make it work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did. And, and it was fine. So what, you, and this was like 20 years ago. You, it was in 2000, yeah. 2000 or 2001. Do you still own the property? I still own the property, and it is the best property I own. One of the best. Yeah, it's in a tougher area, but cash flow is great. I've got great tenants. The building is easy to manage. Yeah. Um, didn't really need that laundry. Didn't really need the hassle. You didn't replace it? I didn't replace it. I didn't want to, I thought, you know what? I don't want to collect coins. Out yeah. of I'm not a big laundry guy in basements. No. That's just it. You know, and it worked out fine. I think I remember, like, some, I mean, someone's paying for the water of that. Usually these are one water meter for the whole yeah. building. Yeah. So, like, I always think that, like, you know, then the, wa the washing machine ends up breaking. And well, people are busting it for coins. I don't know. Yeah. Th those things have a lot more problems, I think, than... Yeah, so I guess the point is with that is it was fine, and these small things they come up, but it's it's not worth sometimes. And what you bought that for? What'd you say, like sixty k? I think it was seventy. With some, yeah, seventy. Yeah. So you got to check it close. You literally brought nothing to the table. I didn't. I got to check it close. <laughs> <laughs> you financed the rehab. I I went to a nonprofit. And I said, hey, I've got a bunch of uh, contractors. A lot of them are minority contractors. Uh, we're trying to rehab this property in a tougher, uh, in a, I want to say, middle to lower income part of the city. Will you help us with that? It was a, 
um, yeah, a C-class neighborhood. And they said, sure, we'll do it. And so they gave me a loan, and um, they were able to fund the rehab. And then what did you do? Did you eventually refi the whole building once it was all? Eventually, we refied the whole building, and I got my cash back. I eventually paid off the seller. I eventually closed with that seller. I was paying him over the course of two years. A year after, um, I approached him, and I said, you know, I've got like, I forget what the number was. Let's say I've got $15,000 worth on this loan. I said, would you take fourteen? He said, sure. <laughs> so um, That's amazing. That was another Carlton Sheets trick that I had learned. I've never heard that before. And, um, and it's fine. He could have said no, and I would have just kept paying him. Yeah. And I, I owe you 15. Fine. Would you take 14? Sure. Okay. It was a, I, I bought a discounted note, I guess. Yeah. I, I'm not sure if that's the right term. But. And then uh, what, do you, what do you think the house is worth now? A five-unit? Like, like 500 k or something. He's only 500. It's got separate utilities, um, parking, three bedroom, two bedrooms. And you've got, um, I mean, yeah. hundreds of thousands of dollars in equity. A yeah, a few hundred in that. It's like, that a, it's like a and, dream scenario. Sure. And again, and if I think back, boy, I was really irritated about that laundry. I'm glad I didn't walk away from it. But to your point, yeah, it, it was a cash cow. But more than that, I learned about working with contractors, learned yeah. about Section 8, working, dealing with evictions because I dealt with that. Yeah. And it was just more, more than the money. It was just a good teacher. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the, to me the lesson of that story is I see sometimes investors who are often more like like type A people who are very detail-oriented, and you and I can both be sure, that way. Sure. I, think, I think a lot of people can, but I think sometimes you get stuck in the details so much that it's like, don't lose the forest to the trees, right? right? And, you know, in this case, yeah, I mean, you had every right to walk away. I mean, you could have walked away. I could have, but... yeah. But, you know, is it really worth walking away from a deal that, look, if, if overall the deal's okay, a small detail isn't going to change it. And, and what's more important is, like, the long-term win there was, was fantastic. You had to work through some stuff along the way. and um, Yeah. But I say sometimes people will want to kind of get kind of almost overly emotional about things. I would absolutely, yeah. Being overly emotional, I, I found that is a key. If I'm gonna, I, I self-manage, and I still do, and now I work with a property manager. And what I've found over the years is to not get too emotional over these small details yeah. or things that happen that are unexpected. You just, you just, you can't control everything. Right. I mean, real estate's not, people get kind of like fairness. It's like, real estate's not fair necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> things happen that are very unfair, tense, we'll do things, and what you're trying to do is just keep the ball moving forward. Yeah. And you know, if, Things are overall heading in the right direction. Okay, let's let's move on and get on with our life. Yeah, um, we're building equity. We're we're doing. Yeah, we're making money. Yeah, if you fuss over the little tiny things, it'll drive you crazy, and you won't you won't last long. Yeah, that's awesome. What uh, what do you think's your last question? What do you think's like your best? There's like one thing that you you would say kind of has been your guide for success, like that's really helped you along the way. And you have a pretty unique story. 25 years of doing this in rough parts of the city. Um, kind of came from nothing, I guess is a fair way to say it. Kind of built your way up. Is there something you kind of say, like, man, this this really along the way kind of, I don't know, helped me kind of just keep the train moving forward or really led to your overall success? That's a good question. I would just I would just say just persistence and stick to and just back to what we just said, not getting overly emotional, you know, ups and downs. There's some months are going to be great. You're going to be seeing a lot of checks. Other 
months, you're just writing a lot of checks. <laughs> but not to get too emotional, I told myself, if I'm ever in the position where I'm yelling at somebody, losing sleep, you know, upset about something so much that I don't want to be in this, then it's, it's not worth it. So I tried to, I would just say, just keeping your emotions in check. Yeah. You seem, you strike me as someone who's both uh, very logical, but also extremely persistent and just, I think some people get into real estate thinking like, go become a multimillionaire, you know, overnight and it's that big deal that I need to close. You know, I need to go buy a 50 unit building and yeah. you're, you're just kind of, I don't know if it was Monopoly, you're not, you're not buying Boardwalk and Park I'm Place. I'm buying the orange properties. <laughs> Those are my favorite. But I guess the, the other key would just be to, um, what do I want to say? Oh, I'm losing it. But um, just, there are people that, there are definitely people that are smarter than me. There are better salespeople out there. Um, they're more skilled as far as, you know, I, I do not fix up properties. I can do a little bit of painting. But I'm not a skilled tradesman where I can do stuff. So all I have going for me is just this stick to it in this and just <laughs> staying in the game. If you stay in the game long enough, Things are gonna work. you know, if you buy stuff at retail, if I buy something at retail and I hold it for 20 years, I'll probably do fine. Yeah. Yeah. It, it isn't wild. It's like the people who give up, you know, three, you know, I mean, I'll see people who will buy a house and a year and a half later will sell it, give up. I hear all the time, real estate wasn't for me. Yeah. Um, and I, I kind of like shudder because I'm like, man, real estate's for anyone. As long as you're willing to put in the time and the effort and drive, um, you know, I actually am not super, I, I have, when I, when I go through ups and downs, I'll tell you, my wife is, is very helpful for me. Like, because she is very level-headed and doesn't okay. get too high, too low. Okay. I, I actually can get a little emotional. Um, and I find that when I come home, I'll be like, that, I I don't know if I can keep doing this. And she'll just be like, just have dinner. <laughs> you know? Right, right. Just, just like, you know, have, have a drink, have some dinner, and like, let's talk about this tomorrow. And sure. then like, sure enough, I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to figure this out. I got this plan. And she'll be like, that, that sounds great. Right. You know, I, I tend to be a little bit like that. I think for me, having business partners and life partners who are more stable has really helped. I think if you're someone who is that more stability, that, that's great. But I think sometimes you need a partner who counterbalances you a little bit. Yeah, my wife would be this similar. I would, I would say if I would ever get down or upset, she'd be like, well, do you want to sell it? I'm like, no, I don't want to sell it. I want to keep it. You know, she would say, hey, then keep it. You know, yeah. Just hold on to it and just, yeah. yeah like having that person, this is, this is funny. Before we go, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story. So we, uh, we own this property right across from the hospital in Lancaster. It's on New Street. Mm-hmm. Um, and we bought it. I talk about this a lot because it's actually the first property we bought. So I use it in a lot of my examples. And we bought it for, I think, like 85 k And the agent who helped us had no idea what she was doing. So you have two buyers, Nate and I, who have no clue. Literally had never bought a house before. An agent who has no clue. I mean, when I say no clue, she knew nothing about investing. <laughs> the day we walked through the property, I say, what do you think about this? You think, it, like, what it went for? She looks around and she goes, ah, I feel good. You know why? I said, why? She says, the hospital. I mean, granted, like, the hospital is towering. Anyone can tell the hospital is right there. Um, she was actually, but it turned out to be a great property. But the funny part was, we needed some cash at one point, maybe five, six years ago. We actually put the property up for sale. We bought it for like 85. I think we put it on the market for like, I don't know, 130 or something. We were going to pull some money out and, and 
for the, and it, it didn't sell for a while. We ended up finding another tenant to move in at a rent a couple hundred higher than we were expecting. So we were like, yeah, let's just hold on to it. And in the next like four years, it's now doubled in price again. And it's like, it's the old like better be lucky than be good, I guess. I mean, we wanted to get rid of that right, asset. Right. And, and it's thank a, God we didn't. <laughs> right, right. Um, and it's just crazy how sometimes these things work out. It's like, you know, if you just stick to it and you try to, our plan from day one was buy and hold. That was yep. We weren't trying to make money flipping stuff. I think if we just, uh, as long as we stick to that plan, you know, we sold a couple properties here and there. But if you just stick to the plan that you originally signed up for and you buy and hold and you hold for a while, you handle the highs and lows, like these things are going to increase in value. I mean, that house we put down 15K, I think, or something to buy it. The equity we've gotten in the last 10 years is incredible. The IRRs don't even make any sense. Chad, like, what, I, what I had told myself is I, was, I think I was having kids at the time and I thought if I just get a property for each kid I have and in 20 years that, that property will be paid for itself and I'll have an asset and if it doesn't go up in value at all they still have a hundred thousand dollar asset yeah, they there's use for college. college there it is <laughs> now they've obviously gone up yeah. but yeah without doing anything if there was no appreciation if you hold on to something for 20 years it, yeah, if it generally cash flows hundred dollars a month or something or break even you're gonna pay down that loan yeah. come back in 20 years Good things are normally going to happen. Chauncey, yeah. thanks for hanging with us. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Real Estate Hackers Show. If you've not yet become a member of Real Estate Hackers, you can do that for free at realestatehackers.com. Get access to all of the amazing real estate hacker deals from incredible vendors, on a ton of content and materials for you, the investor. You can follow Real Estate Hackers on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. If you can give us a five-star review for the podcast, I would personally really appreciate it. We read every review, and thank you so much for helping us grow this community for you, the real estate investor.